do you agree that you know it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know any better waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it is Wake Up With KC and I'm Kimberly and guess what? It's my 50th episode and I have an exciting announcement to make. Yep, you saw it. And since it is my 50th episode. Wow, time flies. And I'm really excited to share with you. Due to popular demand with Clovercrest Media Group has asked us to expand Wake Up With KC. So guess what? We're going to three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you get to I get to share things with you in order to help you become the best version of you and transform your life. And Friday is going to be a different though. Um, I would love some of your help. And I have Mary Youngblood who's going to be joining me for Fridays. So if you have a question about something that you're dealing with or you're struggling with and you would love some spiritual advice well you gotta email me at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com and we'll give you a shout out and answer your question so that is going to be coming up on fridays so i got more great interviews and more great guests and I want to say thank you because of your support. I'm able to do this and you've made my dream come true. And it gives me great pleasure to be able to help you on this platform. So with that being said, let's get on with the show. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With Casey. I'm Kimberly, and... You know, I love music. I have talked about this on my podcast and on my show. I've had other music artists on this show. And I am so excited because one of my favorite songs from the 90s, and you probably know it, whoop, there it is. I have DC Glenn joining us to talk more about music. DC, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure having you join us today. Hey, before I even before we even start, I gotta get something off my chest. I'm, I'm, okay, I've been waiting to do this all day. Um, sprinkle. All right, now we <laughs> I have to say and ask you this: You did the scoop. There it is, Geico commercial. How mm -hmm. much fun was that doing that commercial? It actually, it was very fun. 
and um it was a lot more to it because we did it in the middle of a pandemic so it is a just a testament to us and to what and, and to me of being an actor a voice artist um everything that i have hustled for in my life uh, it all culminated in the process of making that commercial right because in life we find ourselves doing a bunch of things and when you're younger sometimes people look at you and say you're doing too much or they think you know people just don't believe in you and they just tell you you're not doing the right things you should be doing this you should be doing that everybody has an opinion but me i never listened to anybody right so when it comes to this geico commercial um most people think you know they they asked me at the beginning is like are you happy that you got a geico commercial i'm like i'm cool but now the real work starts because i'm an actor and i prepared for that commercial a whole month before we did it and my thought process was i'm going into this commercial with five to ten things that i want to introduce to the director and the night before we shot the commercial we had our production meeting and i went to the director i said hey i got some ideas what do you think? And he's like, DC, whatever you want to do, we can do. I was like, oh, all right. So I said, I tried to make a spinning scoop, but couldn't find anybody to fabricate. He's like, oh, it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, whoa. I was like, I don't know why kids love sprinkles, but we need a truckload of sprinkles. Please have, DC, we'll have two truckloads of sprinkles there. I was like, I want to do the, Bron the ode to LeBron James. I want to have a sprinkle food fight. I want to do the salt based sprinkle. I had, you know, all that. There's a dance that we do down south that we, you know, that that everybody knows. So we would have been representing the south. So everything that I created for this commercial had meaning. And those were the very nuances of that commercial that made it great. You know, not to say the rest of the cast who were actually in the same improv troupe. And they didn't even know they auditioned for it. And I didn't even know people in Atlanta were auditioning for it till everybody started calling me like, hey, man, can you put in a good word for me to be in your commercial? I was like, nah, because <laughs> you gotta, everybody gotta earn, earn their spot. Mm -hmm. And that, that the day of the commercial came and they couldn't believe the energy we had all day. Like, you know, we were just, we were locked in and we shot so much footage. They probably could have done five Geico commercials, but we had a great time. And then I, I'll never forget at the end of that day, they were like, DC, can you come in this room? We want to introduce you to some people. And it was like a 60-inch monitor with everybody on Zoom that were, you know, throwing their two cents in and proving all the higher-ups and Geico and the Martin Agency and the People Store and just everybody who was important to it were there. And they just started clapping because they couldn't believe that it was such a wonderful day. And that's what happened. And then we waited, right? And I knew... You know, it was a little anxiety, but I just started grinding. I said, I have to be able to take care of, have to be able to take advantage of this commercial because we're in a pandemic, usually a Geico commercial for artists. That means you're on tour, but we're in a pandemic. We can't go on tour. So I'm like, what can I do? I was like, get a publicist and start working, you know, just blow it up like that. And then maybe we can, you know, we work on the acting and the, the voiceover and you use it to catapult that, those careers. And... We had, I had a big meeting with my agents and we got some publicists together and they were like, well, 
we kind of don't know what to do because we're all at home and this is a different type of thing and it's not like it's a movie premiere or, and i was like all right, all right and they gave me every reason why they shouldn't instead of one reason why they should but i appreciate that because they would have wasted my time and this is one of the special things about dc the brain supreme because they call me that for a reason i have hustle tactics that i have accrued through the years and i call them learn how to learn hustle tactics and whenever I get stuck or somebody tells me I can't do anything or I just kind of get bogged down in life, I join an organization because organizations are filled with people who are expert in their field and they do everything for their profession. And they've been doing it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So I said, I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And I joined the Public Relations Society of America. And I'm too... Two days in, I'm on this podcast with the CEO of this firm, big PR firm. And I kind of, I do this from time to time to get validation because I know what I'm doing, but it feels good to get validation because you just never know what, you know, somebody can tell you something in a slightly different way and it can mean everything to you moving forward. And I said, can our press release is relevant these days? And they're like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. I'm looking at the chat and the chat's just blown up. That can't be him. Is that him? Oh my God. That's my, that's my favorite commercial. My kids love that commercial. My dog dances that. I mean, it just blew the entire zoom call up. <laughs> and now everybody's looking at me like, I can't believe DC, the brand Supreme for tag team is on this, this podcast. I mean, you know, this, this, cause you know, the, the PRSA gives these, you know, they help the people, right. The answer questions they bring on speakers and whatnot. So that's what organizations will do for you. So whenever you want to learn something, join an organization. And the moderator's like, we'd like to welcome DC to the organization. And back to his question, are press releases relevant? And the CEO's like, yes, especially now because the whole last year has been COVID. The whole last year has been COVID. The whole last year has been political. The whole last year has been just a turmoil of human emotions. And here you guys come throwing sprinkles, spinning <laughs> scoops, dancing and DC, you'll smile. And I was like, she said, of course that press release is going to work. And you're going to go here for all the publicists. You're going to go here for all the TV talk shows. You're going to go here for all the podcasters. You're going to go here for all the journalists. Make sure your pictures are like this, this, and that. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me I could have never imagined. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Yes. And I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, growing up, you know, with music, I want to touch on a little history of music and mm -hmm. how it's evolved and changed and how it's affecting us today. And I mean, if you look back in the 70s, the disco era, you know, you want to get your dancing shoes on. You know, and if, even if you go back into the 1920s, you know, they're the blues, the jazz, the, you know, hip hop and whatnot. It was always a positive vibe. Mm -hmm. Even during the Depression, they always found a way to put some kind of positivity and they used it through music. Mm -hmm. Is there some truth that that has changed, that it's, it's, there's a negative kind of um, energy with with music today. 
I mean, it just, it's about your perspective and your age and your generation and all the, there's so many factors in it that I don't even entertain those thoughts because I had my time. Mm-hmm. Music is not going to stay the same. Hip hop is not going to stay the same. It's going to change. And I, I guarantee you that when it does change, it's not going to be for me because I'm matured. I've gotten older. I'm smarter. So certain things that used to float my boat don't float my boat anymore. Right. It's a natural progression of human beings and a natural progression of people who love music. But every now and then there'll come along a song that you're like, whoa, I like that song. but I don't like that other stuff. That's what I hear more people say than anything. But for me, right, it, there are forms of music still that require dancing. But now it's more about look at me, look at me. And that's because technology has made it that way. Okay. But dancing is now in the form of TikTok. So people are still dancing. They're just dancing online, but they're not dancing in the clubs like they used to. Right. And if you're dancing in a club, that means you're at a nineties party or you're somewhere else, but you know, and then it's more for show than it is for having fun in, in a party, unless you're at a wedding. Right. So, so it's still there. But the music that is made today, there was negative music when I was making negative music. It depends on the artist. I could be just as negative without cussing, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's a different form of art. So I don't knock people for what they do. I have been blessed to have made a party record that has stood the test of time. And it's actually funny because Woomp There It Is is about us chasing booty on a Friday night. Right. And everybody thinks it's the cleanest, most wholesome record ever made. And it's about all those things. It's about all the things we used to do when we were young. So you can't knock young people for being young because youth is wasted on the young. Always. Right. So it is what it is. I mean, I I feel 25 right now because I realized a long time ago that See, I st- I worked in the clubs for thirty years, so I had to adapt. That was almost it was is it, it was my fountain of youth, working in strip clubs and working in regular clubs. It was my fountain of youth because to be good you had to adapt. So to be good, I gotta know every record that comes out. I gotta know why it's good. I gotta know every record from every region. I gotta know how to mix it to where I can make people happy. How I can make people have fun. How I can get this money out of people, and I was one of the best at it. And that was my fountain of youth because it kept me locked in to young people without having to be young. Right. So I feel blessed because of that. And I could put those shoes back on at any time I want. But the one thing I have that they will never have is, 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 is experience. Right. I have experience of a lifetime of trials and tribulations and learning and failures. And they all have served me the way they're supposed to. And is the reason that I'm successful because I have learned things along the way, how to deal with my emotions, how to take my pride out of things, how to take my ego out of things, how to not quit, how to have 16 hustles in the hole, just in case one falls, you got to be prepared. You got to have plan A, B, C, D. People tell some people will say, you don't have no plan A. Well, if you're from these streets, you better have, uh, you better have a several plans because something's going to go wrong. Right. And it's all about preparation. And I feel that I have been preparing myself all my life. And now I'm reaping the rewards of it.
and it feels great, you know? And that's why people love to hear me talk because as my voiceover coach, I was like, why do I affect people in such a way? And he's like, because you're not telling people stuff that they read from a book. You're telling people things that you've actually done and they're watching you do it. He's like, every time you say, you tell me you're going to do something two months ago and then two months later it's done. And I'm like, he said he was going to do, he said it was going to happen this way and it happened that way. I've been that way my whole life. So when it comes to music, right, there are the other, you know, back then was back then. Whoop, there it is. is Whoop, there it is. is Whoop, there it is. People are like, are you going to make some new music? No, we're never going to make another record because why make another record when you got a forever hit record? <laughs> right. And I realized it was a forever hit record when I'm sitting in the movie theater and I'm looking at Will Ferrell dance on a table to my song. Right. And Elf. Or I'm, you know, looking at all these TV shows or movie or people, my phone bl- blows up because it was in this or that or that commercial or this commercial. So I don't whoop there it is is whoop there it is. And people are always pressing me on that. But the thing is that whoop there it is is the genesis of everything. Right. And, you know, it is it is the gift that keeps on giving. And I mean, we've got shows as far as the eye can see. We've got endorsements as far as the eye can see because of how we carry ourselves and because of our professionalism. And these things are acquired over time. So, you know, you ask me, you know, do I see that? Music now is a little more negative, no more negative than it was before. I mean, think about it. If you listen to blues, that could be negative because it's like, why do they always complain about they love, lost the girl they love, right? Or <laughs> think about what they thought about the Beatles. They thought the Beatles was devil music, right? Because of the yeah. way it made, made, made children react, right? But it wasn't. It was, that's that was their time. You know, I, I have these arguments with, the, with people, DJs, other rappers all the time, and they're like, these kids to pay homage to us because we paved the way for them to be able to do this crap that they're doing now. And I was like, first of all, it's not a good look, you know, hating on young people because you look old and bitter, <laughs> right? You right. look like you can go that way for you and you look old and you look bitter. I said, they wouldn't even know how to pay homage to us. What does that mean? Right. They wouldn't even know. Why would they thank us? They don't even know. Who, they don't even know what we did. Right. They're doing their own thing. They don't like what, what does it say? You have to know your history about something before you do it. Right. Now, that would help you, but not really. And they're like, no, nah, man, but they should, man, they should be they should be treating you guys. like I was like, man, I don't expect anything from anybody. That's the problem. Right. Everybody expects something. And I said, well, let me do it. Put it to you this way when you was coming up and you was doing your thing and you're in the beginning of hip hop and you're making all your beats and doing all your thing and all this, where you reaching back, paying homage to little Richard and chubby checker and, you know, Otis Redding and all those artists like that. I was like, no, because that was their time. Hip hop was our time and we did what we wanted to do. And this form of hip hop is their time. And if they don't want to rap and they want to mumble rap or they want to do whatever they want to do, that's what they do but you can't be mad about it. And it's like, I see what you're saying now, but still, no, you're just stuck on it because your ego and your pride is involved. And, 
you know, that's the problem with people today is that everyone thinks when it comes to anything you're trying to do, entrepreneurship, business, uh, anything you're trying to come up on, they think that if I do this, this is supposed to happen. And I don't think that way because I know there is no quid pro quo. I, you know, you don't plant a seed and then sit there and look at that seed and say, hey, seed, I need you to grow. Come on, seed, grow. Please grow, seed. Man, this seed don't work. I quit. Now, that comes in the form of somebody telling you, I'm doing this real estate course. I'm going to get rich. What happened to that real estate course a couple months later? Eh, you know, I'm doing all right, right? Because their ego is shot because it didn't happen the way they wanted it to. And I just play offense. I'm planting seeds all over the place. I just I just do the work and keep it moving. Do the work, keep it moving. And over time, I realized that I planted so many seeds inadvertently that I'm standing in a forest of opportunity I just never could have dreamed of. And if I'm not prepared, it's my fault. No one else's fault but mine. So I spend my days preparing for whatever comes my way. And it's been fruitful for me. Like I was on a hot seat yesterday. And, and it's interesting because it was a hot seat and I didn't really know what it was. And then I realized what it was like, this is for you just to ask what questions you want about your life. And I was like, well, I'm good at digital marketing. How can I get better? What can I, you know, how can I make money in digital marketing? I just wanted to hear what they said, but they took it another direction. Like, well, what is it that you want? And I was like, I'm doing what I want. Well, what is it that you, what is your goals? You're doing too many things. I'm like, and I, I don't believe that, right? I'm doing everything I want to do because that's life. And it keeps me busy and it keeps my mind engaged and it keeps me, it keeps me active and it keep, I'm just a different dude. And we just was going back and forth. And it, it, it was just like, and these are really, these are millionaires and billionaires and they've got these companies. And I'm like, mm, I, I kind of know what I want to do, but my situation is different because I know how to do so many things, right? I'm asking about digital marketing. What is that? Well, why would you want to do that? Because this is another thing I want to do. And it takes me back to what I'm saying is that people will tell me the traditional ways of doing things. But then when I, you know, they'll, they'll say it does, it works this way. You have to do it like this. So it's basically they were saying, you're doing too much. You're doing too many things. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're right. You're right. I am doing too much. I said, well, let me, um, you know, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm just, how did I, how did I put it? You know, you can't do everything DC. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I can't but I show enough can be prepared for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, that's good. Okay. I see what you're saying. And what they don't realize is that the very thing they disapproved of me doing in the beginning, they approve of me doing now when it's exactly the same damn thing. Preparation is doing everything. It's crossing T's and dotting I's and making sure things are right. Making sure you understand things. Right. Because a lifetime of that will bear you fruit. So I, but it shook me a little because you always have to put your ego and your pride to the side and say, what parts of this could they be right? What am I missing in their, in this conversation? Right. Because I love to be wrong. 
I, I love to be wrong because it's the path to being right. And to be able to admit that you're wrong, it just serves a, a better purpose because it kills your ego and it kills your pride. And once your ego and your pride are in check, your mind is open to everything. And you think so much differently that nothing can stop you after that. But people who are in their feelings, people who want to win arguments all the time and conspiracy theory and complain and all that, they're stuck. Mm -hmm. They're stuck because their ego and their pride is involved. You know, I've, I've learned to take any human emotion, negative human emotion, and just not react to it. Pain, envy, fear, loathing, disgust, jealousy, right? Anger, despair. I don't react to it right then and there, but it affects me inside, but I don't react to it on the outside. And what I do is I put it in my pocket and I let it marinate. And after, after not too long, that negative energy turns into positive energy. And now it serves you. Example, if I have an audition, I've got an audition due Monday where I have to be a little angry. So if there's a situation, I got a situation where I was angry last week, arguing with this girl. So it's like, ooh, and in acting, you know, I don't have, now I don't have to go find a character or be a caricature because I have this in my pocket and I didn't react to it and I use it as fuel. Now the character becomes me and it's real. And that's what makes a believable actor. And that's acting, right? Everything negative can serve you. When people come to me with problems, I always do this. And I know they get sick of it, but it's just how I think. I say, okay, that's, um, you're giving me the glass half empty. What's the glass half full? Huh? What's the solution? What do you mean? And they're complaining so bad and so hard that they never thought about the solution. I said, it, it don't even have to be the right solution. Just think about what you want, the most, you know, High pie in the sky, fantastical, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You know what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. think of the, 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 your, your fantastical solution because it's way up here. And it is far-fetched, right? But then you work your way down, back. You come back incrementally. Okay, that might not work, but if I did it this way, wait a minute, I could do that. I could do that. I'm doing that now. And what you've just done with that solution is that you've just developed a business plan in reverse. And now you have a step ladder to your own success. If you follow what you just did, that's the solution. Cause even if you don't get to the fantastical solution, you're on the way there. And that's what I do with everything. When people come to me and complain or they come to me with excuses, I can't do that because of this. I'm like, thank you. Because now I've come up with five solutions for that excuse and I put it in my toolbox and I always have it because I'm thinking differently. I'm not thinking problems and I'm not thinking excuses. I'm thinking solutions, even if they are far-fetched and every solution that I've thought of, I've, I've achieved. Right. And the pandemic probably was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because 
it forced everybody to stop. You know, the other side is the other side of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. But the part that there's another part of it. And the part that I love is that we're all forced to stop at the same time. And we're all in the Serengeti together. So what are you going to be? Predator or prey, right? What are you going to do? Just sit back and watch Netflix for six months? Or what are you going to do? Take this time to reinvent yourself because you know that the world is about to change, right? And I reinvented myself because everybody's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do voiceover because I know I can do this and be right here, sitting here talking to you just like this. And I could do voiceover and I reinvented myself because I've been training for voiceover since 2009 and I record every session. So I went back and I got together and organized all those sessions because voiceover was difficult for me because I thought I could just whoop, there it is my way through it. But I was sorely mistaken. And I had to organize. I listened to the first class that I took in New York with Joan, Ga- Joan uh, Baker and Rudy Gaskins and they're professionals in their field. And it was gut-wrenching because I had to hear myself talk 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might hear yourself in passing or a little voice. But to hear yourself have a whole conversation 10 years ago, I realized that I was the one getting in my own way. Wow. And when you realize that, it's heartbreaking because you feel like you've wasted a whole lot of time. And I was like, just listening and just just really depressed. But on the other side, I was like, wait a minute. I remember they were trying to tell me that and I couldn't understand it. But I understand it now because I never quit. Right? I just let it be hard and kept going. And then I started acting. So now I'm doing voiceover and acting. I'm doing little parts here, little things there. But I'm learning the language of acting and voiceover. So now when I go back to the beginning, I hear them talk. They were the best coaches in the game. I said, I can do this. I said, let me record the first script that I did. Let me record it over. Listen, take their notes. Listen to what they were trying to coach me. It was real easy. And I listened to it, and it was, it was just pure angelic because it was the first time I had mastery over my voice. And back in March 2020, when we all thought we were going to turn to zombies and start eating each other. I was in the lab learning voiceover from a different perspective all over again. And I started booking instantly. And a month later, I shoot my first movie in Nebraska because I've worked so hard and all these things are starting to pay off. I shoot my second movie two months later. I'm getting voiceover after voiceover. I get a big fall campaign uh, for Publix grocery store chain down here. Then I get a Tyler Perry House of Pain episode. I book that. And then here comes Geico. 2020 has been the best year of my life. And it's because a lot of these things came together. And now everything is new, right? I see everything as a new frontier. It's like the paradigm has shifted so many ways. And it shifted my way because I was prepared. And I took that time to get better. And be always try to be a better man than you were the day before. And that's what I've done. And now, you know, you look back on your life and we've all done this. You know how you're just driving in the car and you look back on something that you did that was stupid and it's like, ah, right? Or you, you 
you beat yourself up on a missed opportunity or a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. Like, perfect example, I'm in the bowels of Disney and we're doing a kid record for Disney and I'm teaching Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. It's like 1995, 96. And they're telling me about animation and I fell in love with voiceover. And, you know, several years after that, I used to beat myself up because I was like, you were there, you were there. But I wasn't thinking about that. I had, well, there it is. I was on top of the world. I wasn't thinking about no voiceover, but I wanted to do voiceover. But I realized that sometimes in life, we're just not ready. And that's okay, right? It's okay. And 2009, it took 15 years, but I started voiceover. And now the thing that I used to beat myself up over, I've just signed with one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the world. And I realized that all of the mistakes, all the missed opportunities, that stuff can be corrected. Yeah. It ain't over until you're not breathing, right? <laughs> and that's what I've spent the last year doing. I have five tutors for everything. I'm learning music there. I'm learning how to make beats again. I'm learning music production again. I'm learning SEO. I'm learning how to code. I'm learning how to write Wikipedia pages. I'm learning how, you know, Wikidata works. I'm taking all these classes because I am not going to leave this earth regretting something that I wish I had done. And that is how you got to live your life. And that's how I do it. I, 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 I'm, I'm different. I, I, I agree. But I'm not going to quit. I'm going to play offense. And I'm going to hustle. It's just that simple. And I don't care how long it takes because I don't expect anything of it. Right? I don't expect anything of it. I got three movies and three TV shows about to come out at the same time. They're about to bring this Geico commercial back. There's a grand marshal of, of a NASCAR race. Right. We just finished singing for the West, you know, doing womb for the Western Conference Finals. Like the things that I get to do 20 something years later is not because Womp There It Is is this nostalgic song. It's because of preparation. It's because, you know, like perfect example, 2011, everybody thought Barack Obama was in our music video and it was a big thing. But then I was sad after a week because I didn't make any money off of it. I was like, because nobody could find me because I didn't have my web stuff together. So I, I started my SEO career and it took 10 years. And back then, if you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. You type in tag team today, it's all tag team. And these things that you improve upon in your life have indirect consequences that can help you flourish because that SEO and me, me being able to be found you know, was the reason one day I'm just laying around watching TV and I get a call from my agent. Hey, DC, you booked a Geico commercial. It's like, don't play with me. You don't play with my emotions. We're in a pandemic. Don't do that. That's you, You're wrong. Wrong, wrong actor. And they're like, DC, you booked a Geico commercial. They say they want a tag team. I was like, oh, tag team. And what had happened? Tag team called the phone number that I have on, which is dedicated, done the dedicated line, but I didn't answer. And they did, and because they didn't give up, they went online and they found my IMDB portal, which the everything was filled out correctly. And they called my agent for acting. And I let my agent do the deal because now I don't have to get lawyers. I don't have to do, this is what they do. You talk about synergy. And it is the biggest deal I have ever done in my life. And it all came from preparation. 
that's what preparation does for you. Well, that I'm so impressed. And DC, I don't think you're different. You're one of a kind. <laughs> and you read in earlier, you mentioned about, you know, planting seeds. Well, you can't just plant the seed and not water it, not nurture it, not mm -hmm. love on it. It's yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that um, society and, you know, in times have just changed to a mindset of entitlement and instant gratification? Like they want to go through a McDonald's drive through and say, here, bam, there you go. I mean, but it's just the way it is. We, we all, we all, anything that happens, any new fad, any way of changing our lives, we all fall for it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's the understanding that, okay, that is the way it is. And self gratification is cool, but I'm still going to keep going. Right. Like it, I, I don't expect anything. See, that's right. where the self gratification comes. That's where that instant gratification comes in because everybody's like, okay, if I do this, I'm gonna get that. I don't think like that ever. I'm like, I'm doing this. People always ask me, why are you doing that? You ain't making no money doing this. Like, don't matter. This is preparation for something that's going to serve me to make the money down the road. Because that's your, that's your best case scenario going into it, right? Right. Because I don't quit. I'm going to learn it all the way, right? If it takes 10 years, you don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know what monkey wrench life throws at you. You don't know where which good thing life throws at you. Right. I've had to say no to a lot of things lately that I wouldn't have said no to two years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all of that. I don't blame society for anything because I can't control it. All I can control is what I do. And what I do is I do three or four of these podcasts every day and I talk to people and I try to tell them my experiences and my the things that I've learned from my elders and the things that I know work for me and the things that they've seen me do over the years. And I feel it's my responsibility because I wish, you know, in essence, these are the things I wish somebody had a did for me when I was a young man. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so thankful to have you on the show today. And, you know, you mentioned also, uh, it, it, you just did a whole transformation in your life. Yeah. You know, and you were... I commend you because some people want to like do the better than the last. That's what I do with all my shows. Even when I was had my own film production, I wanted to be better than my last project. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it ain't going to work out that way, but that's the mindset you do it. You know, there, there are so many things that I'm, I'm so much like everybody else. I'm lazy. Right. I procrastinate all those things. Right. I, I sometimes want it now, but, you know, if I'm lazy, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Because you can be both. You can be lazy and keep it moving. <laughs> you, can be la I, I, you know, you can be lazy and keep it moving. You can sit, I mean, it, it, it happens every day. If I, it's like, some days I'll be like, man, I'm sitting tired of working. So I'll go lay in the bed, but then when I'm laying in the bed, I'm looking at YouTube videos about the work that I'm supposed to be doing, right? So, but now I'm watching something. I'm continuing my education while I'm just relaxing and laying in bed being lazy. You can do both. 
you know, DC, how do you how do you control the fear of moving from thing to thing? And 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 I'm like, you be scared. You can do both. You could be scared to keep it moving because everybody who's accomplished anything great has been scared and terrified. But they fought through that storm anyway, when every other boat turned around and tried to find another way. You went straight into that hurricane and you figured out how to get through the other side. And when you got through the other side, you laughed at it because mm-hmm. you because I tell people, I say, there's no way around it. There's no way under it. There's no way over it. The only way to it is through it. So you might as well go on and do it now. And that's what I do. You know, I've got lists. I've got four or five lists all around. I got lists on pads. I got lists on notepads on my phone. I got a list on the computer. I got a list in a book because I know that I'm trying to do so much that I have to write all this stuff down. And then those days where I'm just all over the place, I stop and I start at the top of one list and I just do one thing and finish it. Then I do the next thing and finish it. Next thing you know, that whole list is done because you got your bearings. And once you get your bearings, there's so much you can accomplish, but you would have never done that if you hadn't had it written down. You'd still be all over the place looking at you know, social media and then trying to answer email and then trying to do this and just doing a whole bunch of nothing, right? It's, you have to learn how to learn. It's not enough to just learn, right? You got to learn how to learn. Like I'll, I'll, if I got a long email, I'm not reading that because I know, I just want to think I'm dyslexic. I might not be, I might just be lazy. But I figured out a way to combat that. I got I throw that whole email in the AI. And now that email is reading to me. And then when a part, part comes, I need to listen to. Oh, wait a minute. Now I'm looking at it. We read it's reading to me and we're reading it together. Now I'm retaining way more information than I would have retained if I was just reading it, daydreaming and going off in my own mind. And then by the time I finished, I was like, I don't even know what this email said. So <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> That's what happens when you read books, right? <laughs> I throw the book in the AI. If there's something I really got to learn, I throw scripts in the AI. You throw a script in this AI so I can hear what it, what the story is about, right? Mm-hmm. Look three times, I know what the story is about. I'm not worried about remember, memorizing lines. I'm worried about what is the story about because I know I can tell a story. And that is the synergy you're looking for, right? And it's just a learn how to learn hustle tactic. You know, and and joining organizations is the key because these people can you can learn about a whole profession in a week. All you got to do is pick up. All you got to do is call the phone numbers on that website of that organization and ask every question you want, because there's going to be somebody who loves that what they do so much that they'll give it to you for free. They'll give you the resources. They'll tell you how they did it. They'll tell what you do. You didn't got to sign up. But if you sign up then you really can find all the aspects of that organization. I had a friend, she wanted to do a, a laundromat. I said, well, what you going to do? How you going to do it? I don't know. I just want a laundromat. I was like, man, I said, I'm going to buy you a membership. Let me go find an organization. There's only one coin laundry association of America. Right. And I signed her up for it. Two weeks later, she's coming back so excited because she didn't realize it was that much she could do. She's just thinking about having a laundromat where people come wash clothes when there's 15 other things that you can make money on by having a laundromat. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. you joined the organization and you learned about it. 
You know, my niece, she does lip gloss. She just got a website. She thought she was going to be rich. She thought she was going to be the next, you know, uh, 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 Kardashian selling stuff, right? Selling lip gloss. I was like, you don't even have this, this, that, that on your website. Nobody even seen you. I said, I'm going to put you in this organization. And then, because she was like, I want to find a distributor. And I was like, let me put you in this organization. And then all you do is get call and ask them all the questions you want. Changed her whole way of thinking. Because now you're getting the proper information because everybody in that organization been doing it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, go to the experts to find the experts. It don't cost you, it don't cost you much. It might cost 125, 200. It don't, it don't matter. It, I don't care how much it costs. Uh knowledge, the right knowledge is hey, I don't care how much it costs. I'm gonna pay for it. But if I know it's the right knowledge, if you go to an organization, you know you're gonna get the right knowledge. It's are you willing to do the work to sift through all that and find those nuggets, find that gold in, in the stream. Right. That's are you willing to just prospect for everything? And I'm always willing to do it because I know if I pick up the phone and ask a question, somebody's gonna always try to pitch me. So what I do is I let them just regurgitate everything because while they're pitching me, they're teaching me. Y'all don't want it with me. I got so many tactics and hustle tactics and ways I figure out things. I mean, I hadn't touched a drum machine in 20 years. And I went to the software developers. I went straight to the software developer. I was like, hey, man, I need you to tutor me. How much it costs? And I didn't think he would do it because, you know, but every Tuesday I'm on, I'm learning music again with the person who invented a software platform. And I'm learning from the horse's mouth. And it has made it, it and, and it's the beauty of it is that when you do that, they're not trying, you know, he was, Everybody else was trying to teach me how they do it. But I said, this has to be custom to my workflow. So if I'm doing voiceover auditions, how can I make it sound better? If I'm doing this, how can I make it sound better? If I'm doing that, how do I cut this up? How do I do this? How do I do that? Now it's custom to me. Now my learning curve has shortened because it has made my workflow better. It's about how you maneuver around all these things with these tactics to create other things that are custom to you. And everybody can do it. That's why I don't take excuses from anybody. It's like, you say you can't do it, I can give you five reasons that you can. Think about if you had that when you were younger, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? We know how we like to make excuses. Everybody does it. There's, everybody has a weakness. So when you have a weakness, you make excuses for it. Well, you know, it's a, you've been in, you started from music and then you just, oh, I feel like it was like these little things of connecting the dots to where you're at now, you're living the best life. I mean, but like, process. I, like I said, whoop, there it is with the Genesis. You know, we, 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 we signed a bad contract. <laughs> we signed a bad contract, right? But because we signed a bad contract, we became a paralegal because I knew I'd have my day in court. So I said, you got all the information, put all this discovery together, organize it, learn what emotion is, learn all the things that they're doing in this court case, because it was two record companies fighting over the, the, the rights. And that was a 20 year education. But when it came time for us to win or our day in court, we prevailed at a cost, but to just all I had to do was organize and, and basically become a paralegal 
it was worth every penny because that's that's the glass half full, not half empty, right? Mm-hmm. And 2000, I was like, I am never going to let anybody take advantage of my money again. And I became a licensed commodities broker, passed a series three exam. I worked for three brokerages while I was DJing in the clubs at night, but it wasn't for me. I said, I want to do a hedge fund. And well, I don't know nothing about a hedge fund. Well, let me let me call some people. Start calling hedge fund managers like, hey, this DC from Tag Team. It's the only time I use my celebrity. What little I have. I'm DC from Tag Team. I made the song, Whoop, there it is. Um, I've got money, you know, under management. I'm looking for somebody to run my hedge fund. Man, come on up. We can, we can do this. We can have a meeting and everything. I had meetings in New York, LA, San Francisco, Vegas. I'm in a boardroom in Vegas. We're doing our little pleasantries. They're doing their, their fan thing where they tell the story of how what it meant to them because I always love that. And then I'm like, why should I let you guys manage my money? Because I got Deion Sanders. I got Dominique Wilkins. I got all the Falcons. I got all these entertainers down in Atlanta. Why should I let you guys run my, my run my show? And they're like, because we could do this and this and that and this and this DC and because of this and this and that. And back to what I said before, the beauty of it is that while they were pitching me feverishly, they were teaching me. And that's the only reason I do that. I do that with everything. And you learn, I learned that it wasn't for me. And the beauty of it is that with collateral damage, which is the fact that I didn't move forward. Some people say I quit, but it's not that. It's just that I knew it wasn't for me because it's intellectual gambling and I'm horrible at gambling because I get emotional. So I would have lost a lot of money. And, but there are collateral sprinkles as well, which is a good thing. And the good thing is that 2000, I didn't know anything they were saying when I look at CNBC. 2002, I knew everything they were talking about on CNBC. And then I started running my life like a corporation. I was like, yeah, run your life like a corporate. What, what are you going to do? Well, what does what a corporation do? Well, you get, you figure out what type of corporation you want to be. So I'm a C-Corp, and then you figure out what you want to do. You just start figuring out everything that a corporation is. There's books all around that can tell you what to do. You get a, you get a, 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 a business book from a college, and it tells you everything to do. You start there. And I started running my life like a corporation. I ended up becoming my own bookkeeper. I learned about tax law. I learned that about credit. I learned about corporate credit. I learned about a DUNS number. I learned about how to get anything I want. And... I've had that company since 2002 and it's still viable today. Right. And I ran, I run my life like a corporation because of my own bookkeeper. I know where every penny goes because I'm a masterful at QuickBooks. So now that I know where every penny goes, I can explain everything if I get audited. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything is properly categorized. Everything has every, everything has a story and that's all they want. But if I go in and like, well, I don't know what that's for. Well, I do, if you're not prepared, they're going to get you. And even if they do get you, that's still, I mean, you know, that just meant I have to pay it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's better than them putting penalties on you and them, you know, hitting you for tax event. You know, it's, it's not, it, you, you have to be on top of your game. And because I did all these things, you know, when I, when I was DJing in the clubs, you know, I had to go back to DJing the clubs because of the lawsuit, which was cool because it happens. You rise and you fall. And I knew that by watching others rise and fall when I was DJing in the clubs. And I said, I'll never be that way. But lucky for me, DJing was just like doing a show and we're still doing shows. So it's still cool. 
but our career had stopped. So I didn't have no problem going back DJing. But then I was like, I need to figure something else out. And I've always had the best DJ jobs because I'm not just your DJ. I am your light guy. I'm your sound guy. I do your flyers. I do your graphics. I do your video editing. I do your TV commercials. I do your radio commercials. I do your calendars. I do your fashion photography for the girls. I do all these things because you have to make yourself invaluable. And when you make yourself invaluable, you're not doing it. You, you have to do way more than what you do. I tell people who are in dead-end jobs or jobs they can't stand, I said, you need to learn everything that everybody knows how to do and let the bosses see you hustle and learn how to do it. Man, I ain't about to do that for them. That's too much work. Yeah, but you're missing the point. It's not about them. It's about you. Because when you make yourself invaluable in any job, the transition to the next one is smoother. Right, The transition from a job to you doing your own business is smoother because you've acquired the skills that everybody, you learn how, what to do everybody, you learn what to do in that company that everybody knows. Every little thing you learned how to do. So if somebody didn't show up for work, you could do it for them. You let them see you hustle. They respect you more. And you're not gonna lose your job. And if you do, the transition to something better is easier. You've gained knowledge for yourself, but everybody's always looking for, well, what can they do for me? Well, I'm not about to do all that. I'm about to do all this. And I'm different. I'm like, if I go in, I'm going to know everybody's job and how to do it and fold it into mine because now I got two streams of income, three streams of income, four streams of income, all in one place. So I've got four jobs in one and don't got to go to all, cross town to this one, go across town to that one. And now I get paid for it. And that's why I was stuck at the club for 10 years. I was just for actually 15 years because they took care of me so well. I had life insurance. I had health insurance as a DJ. Come on, man. But while I was there and I learned how to do all these things, I wanted to expand on it because I love voiceover. That's what made me good voiceover. I wanted to expand on it. That's what made me do SEO. Let me practice by doing the club's website and making sure I do SEO right and all this. You get to be in the corridor. You get to practice Right. And back then they were like, DC, you're just doing too much, man. You jack all trades, master none. What they didn't realize is that over time, and you get in the corridor, you become masterful of some of those trades. And then they all serve you in ways you don't even know. It's almost like having five arms. You can do things nobody else can do. Well, that's a, that goes to the Jim Rohn. I don't know if you, you know, know of him. Traditional education will make you a paycheck or an income, but self-education will make you a fortune. Yeah. And you are a perfect example of that. Yep. Yep. And, you know, sky's the limit. Everybody's like, well, what's up next for you, DC? I have no idea. Because... I've already achieved my dreams and my goals, right? Now it's just, you know, now it's like, let's see where else we can go. What else? I, I like making music. I want to be able to make, I want to be a virtuoso, right? So that's going to take some work because I ain't touched a drum machine in 20 years, but I'm back. It took four months, right? Because I studied, you know, I know how to do things. I know how Google works now inside out. 
You know what I mean? I know how to build the websites. I know how to do the schema. I know how to do the Wikidata pages, Wikipedia pages. It took me five years to learn how to write a Wikipedia page. Wow. Just write it. I'm like, nah, it's way more than that. And then you don't know that Wikipedia is tied to Wikidata, which is tied to schema, which is the 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 the, the algorithm's favorite food on Google. And everybody thinks they can just build a pretty website and it's, it's going down. It's like, no, Google is a robot. Nothing more, nothing less. Google gives you the recipe to feed the robot. So now it's up to you. What are you going to be? Um, you know, a, a, a just short order cook? Or are you going to be a five-star Michelin chef? Right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a five-star Michelin chef, the bot is happy. And he puts you wherever you want to be in this vast world of the internet so people can see you and then pay you. Come on now. <laughs> wow. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, and everybody's like, why are you doing all, nobody would even think to do all this. I'm like, yeah, but I, I've been at disadvantages, so I've had to think differently. We've got one song and we go on tour. You got to have a catalog, five, six songs to go on tour. We got one song and we're on stage with Salt and Pepper, Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, all the biggest names in 90s hip hop. And go toe to toe with them. Because first and foremost, I'm a DJ. And what does a DJ do? DJ rocks the party. That was the first, that's the first question in hip hop back in the day in the 80s. Can you rock a party? Can yep. the crowd. If you can't rock the party and get the crowd on that dance floor, <laughs> you sort of sucked. And I'm an old school. Dude. That was that was my whole life is never to get people off the dance floor. And I got so good at it, I would show the owners. I'd be like, look, not only am I gonna keep people on the dance floor, but I'm gonna make you money because I'm a I I I'm gonna do it in genres. And I'm going to play reggae, and you're going to have everybody else at the bar. Then I'm going to switch it and play go-go. Now that crowd goes to the bar because I don't wore them out. Now we're playing house. That crowd gets worn out, goes to the bar. Now I'm playing bass. That crowd gets worn out and goes to the bar. Now I play slow jams, and now everybody's at the bar buying bottles of champagne, buying all your alcohol. And then (laughs) party really starts. (laughs) So you got to let people see you hustle. I didn't ask for no more money. I just let them see me hustle. I want to show you what I do for you. Not in the form of look at what I do for you, but let me show him why he sees me hustle. And that's how you get raises. That's how you get what you want. That's how you become invaluable. And that's what I have always done. Just figured out the ways to infiltrate anything. Just like with acting. I said, I got to figure out the hierarchy. The hierarchy is, well, the movie company green lights a, a, a picture, then the producer, green lights, you know, the director and the casting directors, they start making things happen. Then the casting director reaches out to all the talent agencies for all the roles. And then they say, submit. And then the cast, the talent agencies submit the people who are on their roster that they think are the best for those roles. And then the casting director looks at all the pictures and say, I'll take them, 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 which might be a hundred out of 3000 pictures that they looked at. And then every, you know, a hundred people audition, then they whittle it down to five, then they whittle it down to two, and then you get the job. Once I learned that, now I know how to infiltrate it because the casting director is the most important part of it. So I have to let the casting director see me hustle. 
How do I do that? Well, I do that through placing myself stealthily in front of them on Facebook, on social media, on any opportunity I see fit, being in their class, being in these coaches' classes, bartering with them, saying, hey, I'll, I'll shoot your video, give you footage for your class. Just let me take the class. Or can I help you? Or be the class early, help them set up the video, help them set up the lights, right? Make yourself invaluable in every form, shape, and fashion. Because all my, I got my first movie from my coach that I shot a video for. I circumvented the process. But even if I had to do a thousand auditions to get to the good one, that's what I'm going to do. So give me 50 a day so I can hurry up and get to it. I have no problems with putting in the work. But there are also ways to infiltrate and get in in the sides to, make, to let them see you hustle, to let them see your value. And you don't have to be thirsty about it. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to shake your booty. You don't have to be this on, you don't have to do stupid stuff on social media. People say, I hate social media. Yeah, because you don't know how to use it. You look at it as what these kids are doing. They can do that. I'm looking, I, I'd rather have a thousand people who fully engage what I do than have thousands more that don't do nothing. Because if you got a thousand people that are fully engaged, that's a thousand people that's going to help you do whatever. That's opportunity. You just have to look at it that way. That goes with LinkedIn. That goes with all of them. So people are always looking that they want to be like these young kids and you'll never be like that because you're, you're older, you're more mature. You're not willing to do the dumb stuff that they do. That's for sure. Exactly. (laughs) People don't get it. Right. So it's like, and and that's why, so everybody's like, why are you learning all that? That's why I have to learn SEO and how to write Wikipedia pages and how, how Google, how all this stuff works the way I need it to work for me. So that means I have to go see how the sausage is made. I have to see how the sausage is made, period. I had to do that with voiceover. I had to do that with every genre of voiceover, commercial, movies, movie trailer, promo. Like I had to hire the best coaches to find how they, how they make the sausage. And all these coaches are telling me, well, you can't do it that way because we've always done it like this. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't, you, okay. Like there's a form of, of voiceover called ADR and traditionally, you have people who are in loop, call them loop troops, right? And I'm like, this, this one loop troop dude was like, you'll never be able to, you know, that's not going to work because we do it in loop troops and we do it like this and they always want this and they always want that. And I'm like, you know, he wasn't saying it to piss me off, but he pissed me off and he wasn't saying it in malice, but I used it, right? I used it. And I said, okay, you ain't going to tell me I ain't going to do nothing. And I'm like, let me make an ADR demo and then let me present myself as the premier African-American ADR specialist in the world because I know SEO. I know how to get in front of the people that make the decisions. So if they say, wait a minute, all I need is one person to need the premier African-American SEO specialist in the world. So I need is one out of thousands there's going to be somebody that needs my services. That's how I used to get people jobs in high school. They'd be like, I can't get no job, man. I've rolled around five to five hours and only went to five places. I was like, dude, you're doing it wrong. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, man, bring me them yellow pages. For those who know what yellow pages are, yellow pages is a computer in a big yellow book, right? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happened to those? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's basically Google in a big yellow book, right? And, um, 
<laughs> I said, so what do you want to do? Where do you want to work? He's like, um, restaurants. All right. Uh, we're going to start with A. Hey, how you doing? Um, are you accepting applications? Nah, not right now. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, are you hiring? No, we're not hiring. We're good. Okay. Hey, um, is it possible I can come and fill out an application? You can get here in 30 minutes. You got a job. This girl just don't quit on me. The cook is acting funny. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, boom, there you go, dog. There's one. Took me five minutes. Because there's always somebody who is retiring. There's always somebody who's going to quit. There's always somebody who's going to, uh, you know, steal. There's always going to be a business who is growing, right? There's always going to be a business who needs a specialist. There's always going to be a business who needs your services. It's up to you to just pick up the phone and call all of them. Because I guarantee you, if you call 100, 10 of them can use you. And at least you go fill out an application. And now you're on file. I'm like, dude, it's just practical things that you can do to circumvent the traditional way of doing things. And learning, evolving and growing and expanding. You can't be small minded. And it's like, how are you supposed to adjust and adapt with things that are constantly evolving and changing in any industry? You got to fluctuate. Yeah. every industry. Like, like right now, if you're sitting back waiting for things to get back the way they used to be, you're going to be sitting back waiting for things to get back the way they used to be. While I'm standing in front of this mountain and this, this, this mountain of opportunity, this, I'm on the foothills of, of this new frontier, there's a reason that they say there's gold in them dar hills. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason they say that because I'm sitting here looking at a whole mountain full of gold. It's up to me to do the work to get mm-hmm. all the gold out, and all that gold is mine because everybody's thinking about something else, something that used to be in the past, mm-hmm. something that they got comfortable with their whole life, right? But I see everything new. I I see that I can make my own custom lane. And if I make one lane, I can make two. And if I make three and four, now I got a highway. And if I got a highway, I can go anywhere I want to go and just keep going, right? Because it's custom to me, right? And then people are going to get on your highway. They're going to travel your highway. And you are the genesis of something that you might not even know that you are the genesis of. And it's okay. You don't have to have credit for it. You just do it because it served you first. And as long as it can help other people, isn't that what humanity is about? Right? Yes, I agree with you, DC. That's why I started this podcast. During an epidemic, I went back to school to brush up on my skills. Mm -hmm. And I just started a podcast. I'm like, you know what? Might as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was taking a, a pause and I wanted to go back to school. And during the pandemic, I just like, well, you know, what, what can I do now? Everybody said that. What can I do? What can I do? Right. And And I took the class. I started taking um, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Everybody knows Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I'm an alumni graduate, not once, but twice. I went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, every sportscaster, everybody goes through that. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's 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 the biggest thing there is. And luckily for me, I've been rocking the mic for 30 years. Right. And I've learned every form of it through voiceover, through broadcasting, through 
uh, rapping, through DJing, through motivational speaking, through storytelling, through, you know, I've had to take, I've had to take uh, classes for diction and articulation because I had a little Southern draw, but I'm from Denver. Like the, the, everything evolves, everything changes, everything, you have to stay up on it. I watched my father, my father would still be with me if he had learned how to use a computer when the computers came out. But he was like, but he's a he has his PhD. And for somebody so smart, he thought he just could always just be a PhD. He would know more than everybody else. And life passed him by. Mm. And now when you get ailments, you don't you can't even use a computer to go look up stuff that you can try to figure out to get better, or you don't know how to do it. And I watched it happen and I vowed that will never, never happen to me. It happened to me when I was young, when it went with the switch from vinyl to cds right everybody started I know, right yeah, everybody started buying these, uh, the vinyl's coming back yeah he's like everybody started buying these cdjs and djing with cds and i was like i'll never do that and it was a stupid thing to do because my i i i started lacking as a dj and i said i'll never do that again i'll never turn my nose up to something that's new because I can tell you there's maybe a 60, 40 chance that that new thing is going to become the norm. And if you're in on it quickly, you're going to be okay, you know? And that's what I've always done. And that's why I've been successful. And, you know, and now it's just about practical. Like I don't have to have the cars. I don't have to have none of that. So when I get money, don't, it just goes into, you know, investment accounts, right? Because I've set it up so well. Right. Take a portion out and you put a piece away and it grows and you just let it grow. I I don't have to be in the real estate. I don't even like real estate, but there are so many ways to to invest that, you know, everybody is everything isn't for everybody. Like my thing is you fill up these buckets of SEP IRAs and IRAs and you fill them up and you fill up mutual funds and you put the maximums in and you protect your money. You put stuff in funds. And you let it grow slowly because 30 years ago, I was like, this will never happen. That'll never happen. I'm always going to make money. 20 years ago, I'm always going to make money. 15 years ago, let me start thinking about and I always make money. And I don't even have to look at it. It pulls out of my accounts, pulls money out of my accounts consistently over time. And then you look up and you got a whole bunch of money that you don't even have to touch. And if you did have to touch it, you leave a you leave a certain amount in, and it still grows back again, because you got people who are not going to let your money just fall out of the sky. They're going to make moves to keep it right. They're going to let contact you and say, "Hey, we might need to move this," you know. And they make good decisions because they make conservative decisions because it's your money. Now, you know, there's always going to be the person that takes advantage of you. They're, they're out there, but you just don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, so I've had a beautiful life and I still got stuff to do. There's things I want in life, right? And I feel 25. I feel 25 and I'm not looking back and I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep using my brain and you're going to see a lot from me coming soon. And I just really want to thank you for having me on your your show because... I learn more from talking and hashing things out than I do from any any other form. 
So that's why I am an expert guest because I get to go run my mouth and learn things, right? And I get to go run my mouth and people get to listen to me. And sometimes it moves them in a certain way that I might've been the thing that changed their whole life. Just that one little thing that they've heard 15 times, but heard me say it different. And now it makes sense. And that's why I love having people like you, like I'm even learning, just listening to you. I was like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Maybe I should look into that kind of thing. And that's the one phrase that everybody, every podcast, somebody always says, I've never thought about it that way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You got to twist your thinking. Like you can't be reactionary. You have to, you have to let it fly through you. And then when it's tearing your heart apart and tearing your ego apart and tearing your pride apart, it goes away, right? It's almost like, you know what it's like? It's like when you eat ice cream, too much ice cream, too fast. And that initial, that initial pain is excruciating. Oh, but yeah. you know that it's going to go away. <laughs> you just have to be patient. And, two, and three seconds seems like 20. Mm-hmm. But three seconds goes by and then it fades and then it's gone. Right? That's what all of this, that's what life is to me. You go through, that's what these experiences are to me. You let them fly through, you let them be painful, you let them tear you to shreds. But you don't react because they really don't mean anything. They're, 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 there's always fuel, there's always a positive spin in everything. I don't care what it is. There's a positive spin on everything because positive can't be positive without negative and negative can't be negative without positive. Great point right there. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for this time with you. I am, I'm the one that's grateful and so thankful for you being here. And you've been one of my idols growing up. Get me on that dance floor. Let me tell you. I got to work out. Cool, cool, cool. So you got any more questions? No, that that has been just a phenomenal interview. Just just being in your presence, the energy, everything. Thank you. And I wish you the best of success in these upcoming projects. And I know that I put some information of how people can reach out to you. And mm-hmm. I got the the Geico commercial YouTube on there in the sure. description so everybody could see it. And thank you again for joining us, DC. I would love to stay in contact with you. Hey, I'm always here. You got my number. It's all good. Yes. Thank all you right. again. Hey, have a good day. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sprinkles! Sprinkles! Now I'm going to get me a jar of sprinkles, DC, and put it on my desk. (laughs) Cool. Cool. All right. Wow. That was amazing and inspirational, motivating. And it was just an an honor and a pleasure to have DC Glenn from Tag Team uh, joining us today. Look for more exciting Great interviews with some great and amazing guests right here on Wake Up With KC.
do agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better. I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>